Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellenbecker Investment Group, three-time recipient of the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for Business Ethics and Integrity. The Ellenbecker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sense Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And as you know, that we're located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive. We're in that great big beautiful town bank building and we are also in the equitable bank building in the village of whitefish bay directly across from winkies and very excited to say that we've been able to um, service our clients and new clients in bonita springs for almost two years now so if you would like more details you can always go to ellenbecker.com and we have some great videos on there if you'd like to meet us in person today every day doing the radio show i mean i know it sounds crazy 28 years doing the radio show to say every day is just a great day but it really is today one of my very dear friends is on the radio with me Cynthia Flynn she has been on the radio before we've talked about the emotions of spending we've talked about money and today we're going to talk about aging and what does that what does that number mean and I have the privilege of having Cynthia as a dear friend and when we are just out and doing things and talking we always find a topic to to discuss and I look at her and say we should talk about that on the radio and this time the way the topic started up is that um, my mom is turning 90 this year and I looked at Cynthia and I said, how, how can that be? And my granddaughter just turned 22 and next year is going to be my big birthday of 70. And I look at my son who's just coming upon 50 and it was like, wow, this is, I, it's complicated at best. And yet aging is something that's going to happen to all of us. In fact, I read something that said um, aging is inevitable. Growing old is a choice. And when Cynthia and I were talking, I said, how do we how do we look at ourselves and how do we transition from these different generations and into really rejoicing and celebrating that we're growing old because there are so many people that never have the opportunity to grow old. And so how do we look at that and say this is a celebration as we grow old? And Cynthia, I know that you have so many ideas and you work with transitions all the time. Because the only thing that's constant is change. We can't fight it. Yes, it's <laughs> just moving us along. But I think aging fits into that category that many parts of our life fit into, which is if you maintain a certain level of balance, you're going to do it gracefully with beauty and surprisingly wonderful. And I can't remember who it was, but they said that there's seven Fs that you need to um, keep in balance. Faith, family, finance, fitness, food, fun, and friends. And every one of those goes through a change as we age. Maybe we get faith, or we deepen our faith, or we lose faith. 
family ties and connections change continuously. You just mentioned it with your children. They're aging, your mom's aging, you're aging. So those connections go undergo change. They have to. Um, finance, enough. Do you have enough? And, and when is enough? When is enough? Because <laughs> that will determine the quality of your life to some extent. But there is adjustments that can be made. And I, I know that you help people with that a lot. And then um, fitness, that's ongoing balance. And there's, you know, you have to leave some things behind and you have to institute some new practices. So, again, balancing that out. Well, and I think with the fitness goes how your body is feeling and how, mm-hmm. how, um, how, how you identify with your body as it changes. I, I remember talking to one of our dear friends and she said, the big debate is now, do I let my hair go gray or do I still keep coloring it? I mean, and, it, and, and as we age and how do we look at ourselves? Yeah. What do we identify with? What were our role models for aging? We get to choose those. Elon Musk's mother is 70 and she's modeling on the front of Vogue. Yes. She's a dietitian. She's always been interested in health as well as beauty. Um, movement and food, those two things determine the quality of brain tissue. And they've isolated that now. And they've isolated certain foods and certain movement around that. We want to be moving. We want mobility as we age. But what kind of mobility? And letting go of maybe that hard driving and moving more into still movement, still consistent, but much gentler. Pausing. 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 Shriver wrote that article on pausing. (laughs) Yeah, pausing, right. And then, um, of course, that entails food. And then fun. You have to have some things that create laughter and fun and humor in your life. And then good friends. And oh my gosh, you can hardly say enough about what that can mean in your life, especially as you lose things. Yes. Because, you know, aging is about loss. You can't ignore that. It doesn't have to be the focus, but it is present. Do you know, Cynthia, many, a couple of years ago, I did a radio show with Julie and we talked about a TED Talk and I don't remember who did it, but it was on the, um, they took, they did a study on, they actually they didn't know what they were doing the study on. What they did was they took about 10 men from the breadline and they took about 10 men that were going to Ivy League schools. And this was in the um, 1920s, I believe. And what they did was they just studied them. And they didn't know exactly what they were studying. They didn't know. And they looked at their careers. They looked at their marriages. And they looked at everything. And it was published about five years ago. And what they determined was it was a study on happiness. And what came from it was the people that were the happiest were the people who had someone in their life that had their back. It could be a friend. It could be a spouse. It could be somebody that they knew that they could really count on. And 
that's I think of friends or a spouse and it wasn't that these people didn't have arguments that were married it wasn't that they didn't have disagreements it was that there was such a deep level of connected connectedness that they were the happiest it didn't matter how much money they had or didn't have and it didn't even matter the health because what they discovered with health was that when you are happy and when you have someone in your life that you can count on even being sick is better because their attitude was so different than the person who had nobody, who was unhappy and angry and or hurt and really. hurt. Yeah. And so and they those those things fun. that you're talking about, the Fs, the what was it? Seven the seven Fs. Seven Fs. Yeah. I I think are incredible and we should go over them in more detail because they really resonate with how it all it's a tapestry of life that comes together it is clearly a weaving yes it is a weaving of your faith your family your finances your fitness your food your fun your friends it's all part of all of our lives and if it isn't that's where there's pain. That's where the, they're missing. Yeah. My guest today is Cynthia Flynn, and she has her own company and does consulting and works with individuals who are making different types of transitions in their lives. And Cynthia, um, what is the best way for someone to get in touch with you? Um, my website is Cynthia-Flynn.com, and you can go straight to my website. You can get a hold of me by my phone number, 414-305-5319. I will be um, easily gotten a hold of either <laughs> way. And, and your first um, session with me is a half-hour free consultation to decide if it's a good fit if you do want to do the transition coaching. I also... I work with the four bodies, the mental, the emotional, the physical, and the spiritual, as well as the unconscious, because sometimes when we set goals for ourselves or we're trying to find clarity and we can't understand why we can't move things, the unconscious mind um, is the roadblock. Yes, and going into it in a safe way. So part of my coaching is you, we together with your own core values write a life script. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is Cynthia Flynn, and Cynthia does life coaching and transition planning with individuals. And I asked her to come on the radio today to really talk about some of the things that have to do with aging. And when we think about that, we're all aging, of course, but I think of a lot of my clients who are aging with me <laughs> and we, we, we look at what is this next, um, 20, 30 years look like to us. And I know I said this on the air a lot, but there are 10,000 people a day turning 70 and a half who are, for the next eight years, who are retiring. And it seems like that age 70 and a half is a really powerful pivot point because at that point, the government says you've got to start spending from your retirement account. And often people think, well, why will I still keep working if I've got to take money out and be taxed on it? So it is a, it's, it's a big pivotal moment where people are really looking at what does that look like. And I happened to mention to Cynthia that I spent some time in Florida 
And one of the things that I noticed is that a lot of times when people retire, they retire away from life in its in a sense. They they literally stop being curious. They stop doing the things that are um, were important to them in the very beginning. And so, I talked to Cynthia and I said, how do, how do we actually age and how do we retire with the same vitality and with the same interest in being curious and growing rather than just quitting everything? And Cynthia, you had a lot of great suggestions and you've came up with seven things that we really do need to attend to in our lives. And so why don't we start with them and each talk a little bit from our different perspectives of the importance because money seems to fall into all of these different areas that that we talk about to some degree. So the first one was? Well, they were the seven Fs. Right. Faith, family, finance, fitness, food, fun, and friends. But if we're going to, if we're going to categorize them in importance, I think if you don't have a plan around your food and your fitness, you're not going to have the health that you want. And the health that you want is going to make a big impact on your finances, your family, your faith, your fun, and your friends. So I would say that that's the most important thing for balance. What do you think, Karen? Well, I do. I think that what I see with people retiring very often is the first thing that they, a lot of times what they'll say is, I just want to get really healthy. I've been so busy. I haven't been able to go out and work out. I haven't been able to do the things that I've wanted, that I've wanted to do. And very often when we sit down, when I sit down with a client, it's, you know, I talk to clients about you no longer have a savings account, you have a spending account. And you, where are you going to spend your time? Where are you going to spend your money? And I look and say, you only have so many heartbeats left. Mm-hmm. Where are you Where are you spending that? And so when I look at a spending account rather than a savings account, we try to incorporate things like being healthy or maybe working with a transition coach and allocating money for that, allocating money to get to a gym or to do the things that you haven't spent money on before because people are creatures of habit. And so it's very hard to break that habit of maybe not going out and buying healthy food because you didn't have time to cook before. Mm-hmm. So it's it's almost like readjusting, redefining, and repurposing what matters most to you. And then I always look at it and say, and how can I pass a legacy? And often people think of a legacy as just money, but there's so much more (laughs) to a legacy. And it is the things that you're talking about, passing these down to our children and to our grandchildren. Our children never stop watching us at every stage. They may not like the way we do it, or they really love the way we do it, or there's a range in between, but they are watching us to see how we do it. So you're speaking about something really important because that is a legacy. How you treat your body, how you treat your heart, how you keep your spirits up, how you interact in relationship as you age. All of these things is what our children are watching us do. We've been setting an example forever, sometimes good, sometimes not so good. 
You know, Cynthia, we've been talking, um, I've been talking to my clients a lot about that I feel that maybe I've given them a artificial sense of security. And the way I look at that is that I really, as a firm, we work so hard to make sure that our clients have an estate plan that is really carved out to fit what they want. And we work really hard to make sure that their investment strategy is in alignment with the amount of risk they want to take and the the types of growth that they need and the safety and security that they need. And by putting those two things together, I've always thought I've, I've done a really good job. But what I'm learning as my clients are aging and as my clients are passing away and passing assets down to family members is that the next piece that's really important is the family meeting and to sit down and have conversations. And often people will say, well, what are we going to talk about? You don't always have to tell them how much money you have, but the list that you've put together, those seven areas and talking to them about health and talking to them about friendships and talking to them uh, about good eating habits, that is actually a really good place to start because that's who you are. And when you're passing money down to children, they often don't know what to do with it. They're afraid. And there's statistics that tell us that within the second generation, most money is lost. And not passed on. And so we're having these family meetings and we're talking about values and we're talking about the things that really matter. And that's a great place to start is to define it for yourself. Of course, because you teach best also what you need to learn, but you have to know what you need to learn. Yes. Mm -hmm. So when when you're working with individuals and when I'm working with individuals, I feel that the whole idea of, of growing old, the first thing that people fear is getting sick mm-hmm. and losing the capacity to take care of themselves. Absolutely. They also worry about how, um, how am I going to pass this money onto my children? They have children that they see with good values. They have children that have issues that maybe money wouldn't impact them. They have children that are living in different states. And this whole idea of sitting down and putting your values together and being happy and, and thinking of that as a legacy You have a legacy of the advisors that you use. You have a legacy of your estate plan, of your finances, and you have a legacy of who you are. Your essence. Your essence. Yes. And if you make a plan based on your values, you know, values, essence, where it's like you like simplicity, you like ease. You want to live in beauty, and that's defined very – that's not glamour. That's beauty. That's defined very personally for each person. And when you say you have these values, then you start looking at these seven arenas. You can come up with a nice plan for yourself if you insist on keeping your values. How you're going to feel are your values. A value is something you do every day. I learned that in my ethics class in college. It's something, you know, if you say, um, I value skiing, but I never go, ever. 
that's not your value. Right. But let's say your value is that you need to move and you know it. You need to keep yourself moving. You go from running to walking as you age. But you make sure you walk. You make sure you move. In Wisconsin, it's a a treadmill or it's outside. <laughs> but you're moving. You keep And you keep moving that body. And then what you put in it. These aren't, these aren't easy, too, because we sometimes have self-care around that uh, mixed up with, I would say, um, unrealistic goals. So we want beauty instead of health. But the beauty that we choose is something for a 26-year-old, not somebody who's 70. And then we hold up that standard and then we don't feel good about ourselves. Okay, so what are what inspires you at the age of 70 around fitness and food? These are the kinds of things you look at. How does your money flow into that? How do you use your money to keep yourself where you want to be fit, eating right? What is your exercise plan? If you're covering these things, you are going to have conscious aging. And you are going to feel good. It's a given. I think one of the fears that people talk to me a lot about is what happens when their spouse dies or their loved one dies. Mm. And I have seen people age so dramatically after losing a spouse because they didn't have a plan. They didn't have a plan, uh, a strategy, uh, kind of an exit strategy as to what will happen in the event. And sometimes people are overwhelmed and a lot of depression sets in and people age very quickly. And so I think part of it is where you had mentioned having fun and being happy and keeping a circle of friends alive and invest. We talk about investing in a portfolio so that you have growth, but there is investing in friendships so that you can continue to grow. Emotional investment. Oh, wow. That's so important. So very important. And you know, when a spouse dies, there is a grieving period that has to go on. And I think we kind of push people through that too quickly. Because grief is, if you allow yourself to have it, a transformative process. It transforms you into your next step, into your next stage. This is really important. And when I work with people who have either lost a business, sold a business, lost a partner. They really need some instruction on how to grieve. That's a natural process. And we try very hard to avoid it. But we cheat ourselves out of the transformation that's on the other side of it if we let ourselves have it. And of course, you deal with that all the time, I'm sure. Well, you know, it's people always say to someone, often say to someone, how old are you? And I really want to change that where people are saying, how young are you? I mean, what a, what a whole different conversation. Let's start a movement. <laughs> when somebody asks, how young are you? And I think that the um, idea of growing old, Cynthia, is so different in the USA than it is in other countries as well. And it seems like, and, and it scares me a little bit because if you have an opportunity, my listeners, to stop at the office in Pewaukee, I have about 67 portraits up 
that I took in Africa, um, all over Africa, Ethiopia, and the Oma Valley. And when I walk down there, I look at these faces that I've taken and bring your children and come in. They're really, uh, they're so moving. And I look at those faces, Cynthia, and the, the, the faces that I love the most are the ones that are show their life on their faces mm-hmm. and, and the wrinkles and, and the eyes mm-hmm. and the hair and the expressions. And in each one of those pictures, I can actually find myself. There's something in there that I actually, I related to and I could relate to. And those are my most precious pictures and memories. And yet every wrinkle I see, I cringe. <laughs> and, and here I am honoring all these other individuals who show their beautiful faces and who they are. And yet I come back here and it's like, well, I don't want to have a wrinkle. I, where did that come from? And so there's a disconnect. Well, there's... First of all, I want to say something about your exhibit. It is, it is as sacred as a temple. I was just moved into stillness when I walked down the hall and looked at the way you have everything set up. So please go see the temple. <laughs> Secondly, Karen, those pictures, those people don't come back to a culture like ours that rejects aging. And finds something wrong with it and worships youth. And I'm with you. I feel like also in some of those people's eyes who've had very hard lives, you still see this amazing joy. You see the spark in these little wrinkled ladies yes. and men. And, and the brightness. And their their light is just shining through them. And so... They're in joy, and they are not worried about their wrinkles. But right. when you come back here, I think the pressure to be young and to keep yourself looking like you used to look is huge. It just is. So you are fortunate enough to be a world traveler, but you're also, and and you're seeing and connecting, that your, your photos are wonderful, and you're connecting with them in this very deep way. And then you come back here, you connect very deeply here as well. But the expectations for you are different. And you're trying to juggle these two opposing forces, really. And I think that is peace. When we can hold two opposing views peacefully in our heart. I love the the wrinkles and the aging and the beauty of the face. And not for me. <laughs> When I get back to the States. And I think all of us struggle with some of those pieces. And so we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, let's look at that juggling that goes on in in our minds. And how does someone go towards aging rather than resisting it? And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellen Becker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. And you can get to know us a little bit better by going to ellenbecker.com. And we certainly do welcome you to stop in the office. I'm um, giving you a personal invitation to stop into the Pewaukee office. And during the business work hours, the hallway has my photographs in there. And I think that uh, I think you'll find them very interesting. Your kids will like them and would love your feedback. My guest today is Cynthia 
Cliff Lynn. Cynthia has been here with me today talking about aging, and we're really just having a, a conversation. I think everybody is different, but I think there's some similarities. And for me, I, I don't feel my age at all. I don't feel it, and I don't think I look it. And um, I, I've had trouble. I don't want to say rejo- I've had trouble moving towards a number. So take the number away and ask me how young I feel is completely different than my chronological number. And how young do you live, Karen? And and how young I live. And for me, it seems a disparity, such a, a vast disparity for me to um, to move through. But yet, I have been really working hard at not thinking about the chronological number, but really focusing on all of those things that you've been talking about my health. I'm working out more than I never worked out when I was working full time and raising kids and raising grandkids. Um, I'm much more aware of my food. And quite frankly, it's hard for a young family to go to some of the really good food stores and buy food that is is grown in um, in and not processed and junk so, food's cheaper. So I can, yeah, I can, I can do that and cooking better for myself. Mm-hmm. I know, spending more time with my friends for sure, and so all of this list that you have there are things that I have really worked hard at focusing on because I want to stay vital. I want to stay curious, and I want to be able to bring more and to continue to do more. And I think that that is my attitude and that's what I want. So I'm moving towards that. Do It's interesting that you say the number because the number had attached to it an image and an expectation of how you would be. Yes. What was that? Age 70, I maybe thought I'd be dad. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but I mean, seriously, when I when I think of my um, that number, it seems it it seems old. And you are know, you I, different than your mother was at seventy? Yes. Yes. So am I. And that was what defined seventy for me. Was yes. How our mothers were. Right. But we're not them, and things have changed so much that old now. Well, I, I think it's it has different. changed, and I think that we have a more of an awareness. I was never brought up with many of the things that we're talking about right. um, to focus on. It was I was brought up with you work hard. Yes. You get up, you work hard, and I did work hard, and I do work hard. But I think training our children and our grandchildren on the seven – attributes that you have talked about Mm -hmm. is really important. And I see my children much more aware than I was of some of those things. But I really, I really want to age in a way gracefully. I want to be aware of my health because many myself is other people, we don't want to be a burden. And we don't want to, um, 
we don't want to have to worry about some of the health concerns that a lot of people have to focus on. But the reality is, is they do happen. And being able to be mentally ready for that process, mm-hmm. Cynthia, I think isn't something that you want to do when it happens. I think you want to start positioning yourself for yep. that right now as to what does that look like? And what is your what is what does being 70 look like or 65 look like or or 80 or like my mother's 90 and being able to change that picture what you just sort of called me on like you always do. What did it look like to be 70? Yeah. I have to change that picture. We all do because right. we we are operating out of the past and not the current the currency of of right now the present yes. moment and and it'll be different for our children it was different for our mothers and this this part that nobody talks about too much but i think it falls under the heading of faith what do you do every day what's one thing you do every day to keep yourself inspired in spiritus of the spirit to keep yourself inspired. It's not motivated. Motivated is external. Inspiration comes from poking that place inside of you that is creativity. It is the all is one. It's it's that place where God resides in you, whatever. But what do you do to keep yourself inspired? And you can use that with family with finance, with fitness, with food, with fun, with friends, with any goal you want to set and create balance, you've got to figure out a way to keep yourself inspired. How do you keep yourself inspired when you're trying to change your eating habits? How do you keep yourself inspired when you're trying to change your workout habits? That's where it starts. And if you do something every day to keep yourself inspired around that, you are going to age differently. We know those people. Very much. I think one of the things that really works for me is giving back in some way. Yes. Is is giving service. is service. Mm-hmm. Is giving back whether it's to my clients, the knowledge that I have or whether it's giving support, financial support or um, doing the radio show, it's the feeling of bringing value. You have to work, Karen. You have to work, but not for the reasons that anybody would think. You have to Give and do service. That's just so much in your soul. And anybody who knows you, anybody who has you as a friend, you are always giving to your friends. You're a good receiver too, but that is something for you that is really inspiring. And you do it all the time. It's like breathing. It is like breathing. And I think to help to have everyone be able to identify why they get up why they do what they do, and be able to hold on to that and take that into every day. And Karen, you said something really powerful. You said it's like breathing. Well, what what leaves us when we die? Breath. Breath is the spirit. So yes, it it's like breathing for you. It's that big a part of you to, to do that. And I think you do it in the seven arenas pretty well, if you think about it. I feel like I'm in a coaching session. <laughs> you know, Maybe. You know, I, but I think that that's the, the thing that's, that I've learned through life is that if it's something that I'm qu- questioning for myself, 
that there are other people and there are my listeners and there's clients and there's family and their friends that are also having these same questions and asking themselves, how, why do I get up? And why do I do what I do? And what does this all mean? What is my purpose? What is my purpose? And, and I think aging and aging well is understanding that purpose and having that deliberate intention of why you get up every day. Living the purpose. Living the purpose and being who you are. And it's hard when you've been working your whole life and then you go, okay, now I'm going to switch things or you, you retire or a spouse dies and things change and it's getting back on track as to who you are. And, you know, even when you make a plan for the loss of a loved one, if you really don't know how it's going to feel until it happens. Mm-hmm. And that's when you need your faith, your friends, your family, your connections, these types of things. And your routines that keep you and your routines. moving one foot forward every single day. My guest today is Cynthia Flynn. We are talking about aging and what does that number mean. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellen Becker. My guest today is Cynthia Flynn, and we've been talking about aging. And I guess, Cynthia, what I would, what I would hope that would come from today's conversation, which has really been a conversation between you and I in things that we have both experienced with our clients and, and, and with my clients as well, is there's a certain amount of hesitation, there's a certain amount of fear, and there's a certain amount of procrastination, and there's a certain amount of... Um, impact that comes from outside influences as to how we should be. And what I would really like to emphasize and share is being in that present moment. And when you look backwards on the past, it's everything that we've brought forward. It's, as I always say, it's, you know, I'm a crackpot. And all of those things in my life have caused cracks in who I am, but my light shines through them. And it's the, it's the opportunity to enjoy and to have friends, and it's the opportunity to, to teach and, and to bring value. And how do, we, how do we take all that we are, enjoy the present, and not worry about the future, but be who we are. And I think that's the the catalyst that we're all looking for is how to easily allow ourselves to be who we are and enjoy who we are. I think we start with the first step is to accept right now fully where you're at. And by that, I mean experience it. I don't mean just think about it, but really feel, okay, this is where I am right now. And if you are satisfied with that, then to go more deeply into that. But if you're not, then how would you like to age? What's the, what's the image? What's the feeling? What's the sense of how you'd like to do it? And then what action will you take? So first it's accepting where you are. Then it's 
qualifying it. Is this is this the quality of life I want, and do I want to continue? If it isn't, what do I want? How do I want to age? Go on from here. And then what actions am I willing to take to move in that direction? Those are three big questions, and nobody answers them the same. And when you look at your seven steps that you had mentioned, Mm -hmm. if you write that list down next to each one, and if you write down, I don't have that in my life. Right. I don't I don't have the friendships because a lot of people will say I've moved or my friends many of my friends have passed away or I've been so involved with my kids I really didn't have time to make friends or I didn't have friendships so all my friends are at work and I've left work now so take steps to create new friendships right and your whole list this, Faith, this family so if you if you don't understand your faith, and a lot of people think that faith is only aligned with a church or a synagogue or, or religion, but that there's more to faith than that. And by the way, the faith in yourself. The faith in your own spirit. Yes. And its connection to something greater, whatever you call that. Right. God. Nature. And and maybe if people have lost the opportunity and they don't know their faith and they don't practice meditation, but they love nature, maybe it's getting more out into nature well, people, to allow that to unfold for you. People have a very narrow idea about meditation. Meditation, walking in a forest is meditation. Is meditation. Yes, because you, go, you get out of your mind and you yes. just are being nourished by the vibration of nature. Coloring is meditation. So people can find that faith of whatever it is. And if they, I don't have faith, then what we're saying is go find it, create it. Um, First define what it is for you. Understand it, yes. And some of the other ones that you had, Cynthia, were... Family. So if you're, many times I have people come in and they're disconnected from grandchildren, they're disconnected from children, maybe even disconnected um, from a spouse and so when you, I don't have that, then you say, well, how do I get it? Well, because isolation is a bigger health threat than anything. Yes. Anything. Isolation. And you talked about food. Eating good foods is going to help you age differently. It and changes the brain. Yes. And fi- fitness and food together Yes. make brain tissue healthy or unhealthy. And finances. If you are, if if you aren't happy with where you are with your finances, I'm going to say, call me. <laughs> but call someone right. who you trust and, and and get into a good place because there's nothing worse than worrying about money. Do I have enough? Do I have too much? How do I pass it to my children? Figure and, that out. Figure and, out yeah. the finance and get 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 it to where you really are feeling comfortable so you don't have that stress. And if you're afraid to look at your finances, find somebody who you feel would be a safe person. Yes. Have a discussion or somebody who really understands. So, Cynthia, I think when we look at that list, it's so important to think about how your life 
mirrors that list and how you can maybe change it up and create an opportunity and a safe place and a purposeful place to be healthy. And um, I know, Cynthia, they can give you a call. We can put that on your website if they would like. And you can go to Cynthia hyphen flynn.com and uh, if you give us a call at Ellen Becker I can get you that list and we'll make that available for you because that's really a great place for people to start and uh, oh, looks like we've got to call it call it a call it a show, Cynthia. My guest today is Cynthia Flynn. You can go to cynthia-flynn.com, or you can reach her at four one four three zero five five three one nine. She's a very good friend of mine, so I have her number for sure. And thank you, Cynthia. And as always, I hope that I've made a difference in your personal and your financial well-being. Remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.